1: Let's begin. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of The RV. On today's trip, we are heading to Illinois to speak to Michael Picard. Michael is an author with a background in technology who has published over eight books. His newest book is called Forward and Back, which debuted in February. So, my dear Michael, welcome
0: to the Relatable Voice. Well, it's delightful to be with you.
1: I'm very happy to have you here today. So, Michael, I read about how you are enjoying your third career as an author. Can you tell us what the first two were? Uh,
0: So, my first career out of college was as a computer programmer for Illinois Bell, which was the local phone company and I worked in 13 different jobs over 28 and a half years until I retired, but that retirement was early and it didn't stick. So I went to work for one of my favorite companies, Apple, in an Apple retail store, selling phones and computers and satisfying customer requirements. Uh, and I did that for 14 years. And that was, uh, it was about time for me to leave after 14 years. So I, I really retired. i had been writing since 1993. So picking up writing as my third career was a natural choice.
1: Okay, that's good. And how did you get into writing?
0: Well, it was kind of a a happy accident. My daughter was going off to one week at overnight camp. And she said, Daddy, I want you to write me every day. And I didn't want to send her mundane letters about what I ate for breakfast and what I did for work. It was also her first experience away from home. And although I knew she was a highly competent young lady... I had some worries, this father's worry, about how she was gonna accommodate a camp experience away from home. So I decided to write her a story about someone who would have more difficulty than she might have in adapting to overnight camp and who would have more trouble than an alien from another planet. So I wrote her uh, that first year Seven chapters of a story without any planning. And she enjoyed it and shared it with other cab- cabin mates. And then I stopped writing. The next summer, she asked again. And so for five summers, I was writing additional stories. Well, after five years, I had critical mass. I had more than enough material for a book. So I put all the letters together, I edited them well, and came out with my first novel, which was called The Gerfnick Chronicles. Well, once I saw the book in my hand, and I could smell the ink, I was hooked. And I I haven't been, I haven't stopped writing since. It's
1: such a sweet story. And you are a grandfather of three kids. How has it family inspired
0: your writing? Well, uh, my daughter demands that she get an early copy of all of my novels and puts them in a predominant place in her family room. My grandson, Lucas, is uh, the sponsor of my children's book, The Boy Who Sneezed Money. He's the one who came up with the title and the fundamental concept of the book that the boy needs enough money so that he could buy an iPhone. I took it from there and produced the book. I sent chapters to my daughter and she would read them to him at night. Once I finished the book, I didn't want to waste it. I thought there might be other children who would enjoy the story. And so uh, I published that on Amazon for the lowest possible price, 99 cents as an ebook. It's actually too short to be a printed book. And uh, all the uh, proceeds for sales of the book go to Lucas.
1: So he bought more than one iPhone.
0: Parents are still working that out.
1: Okay. And I loved when you said that you used to have a heart, but they stolen it from you.
0: They are my pride and joy.
1: That's lovely. And Michael... In your spare time, you do a lot of volunteering to help your community. In my opinion, a good reason to volunteer is the satisfaction and happiness of being able to make a difference in the life of a person. Have you always done this type of work?
0: I think I jumped into it with both feet after I retired from Apple. I knew I didn't want to sit around the house, Uh, just eating bonbons and uh, letting time pass. I've had a lot of great experiences. I've learned a lot of things. And part of the reason I write is to share, uh, share stories that are entertaining, stories that are informative. And so volunteering at the library, volunteering at the high school, volunteering to judge, robotics competitions, uh, all of those things give my life meaning because I'm giving up myself to people who I hope will uh, be better off for it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know what was the feedback you got from your readers from the book about the boy who is needs the money.
0: Everyone who I know who's bought the book, and I guess I don't know everyone who bought it, but all the people who've bought it who know me have found it delightful and uh, certainly worth the 99 cents to uh, have something unique to read to uh, their kids.
1: You've accomplished a lot in your life. So what are your current goals, Michael?
0: Well, so when you start to get up in age you think about your legacy you think about what you're going to leave behind and so I love writing I love sharing stories that I think are important stories to tell so that other people can enjoy and learn from them and so it's a it's a perfect combination uh, I enjoy the process it's not an easy process to write a book it's So two years of writing and editing and editing and editing for forward and back to finally be ready for release. The the process is quite fulfilling. Uh, It challenges my creativity. It challenges my uh, logical thinking. And at the same time, it provides something that uh, I will be able to leave behind. Step into the world of power, loyalty,
1: and logical at the same time?
0: Well, I guess that I'm lucky. I think my physiology, it may not be unique, but I think it's rare. One half of my brain that I use for computer programming and all of the logical processes and logical thinking, it works works real well. The other side of my brain is infinitely creative. And so I think of all kinds of Uh, Interesting and weird and, and wacky stories. And the two parts of my brain work together as if there was a semi permeable membrane in between, and each side informs the other. So I come up with creative solutions for technical problems, and I come up with logical processes for my creativity. I've started working on a pair of murder mysteries. I'm switching genres a little bit. Uh, I think the two books are gonna end up being three books, Uh but I'd certainly have to be very logical in thinking about clues and my detective solving the cases.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Actually, they serve and balance each other. And Michael, can you tell our listeners about this new book, Forward and Back?
0: I'd be delighted. So my primary character is a particle physicist. He has been working on a project to cure cancer for 10 years, and his grant is about to run out. His tests haven't been all that successful, and so he has a test, a final test, that he thinks is going to be successful. The morning of that test, his pregnant wife goes into labor, and so he now has the difficult choice of staying with her and being by her side or making sure that his test runs properly. She sends him to work and says, you need to be the breadwinner. I can't have you getting fired. Uh, And so she sends him to work in a snowstorm and he arrives at his place of employment one minute too late the resu- but someone has tampered with his experiment and the result of the tampering sends him eight years into the future oh. when he arrives he learns that his wife has had him declared dead he has no money and he and no job and he has never met his eight-year-old son. So the novel is about how he tries to come back from that accident.
1: I want to read this book. (laughs) Good. (laughs) You told me that it's going to be released in February. Can you tell us when?
0: So uh, it will probably be available late this month, but in your honor, I'm holding a promotion on your birthday, February 2nd. Oh. The, the promotion is that uh, when someone writes a time travel novel, they establish a set of ground rules. And every author does it different. And so I established a set of ground rules for my time travel. So the promotion is that for anyone who can show a receipt for a purchase of a book on February 2nd, if they can find a mistake I made where I violated my own time travel rules, I will reimburse them the cost of the book. First person to do it, first person to do it.
1: Okay, so Michael, that means that you want me to stay reading on my birthday instead of going out.
0: (laughs) No, you, you can buy the book on your birthday And read it over the following week. And when you find the error, you can get in touch with me. And if you're the first person to find the mistake, and I'm not promising there is a mistake, but if you find the mistake, then I will reimburse the cost of the book to you.
1: I love this promotion. Thank you. I think our listeners will be very curious about your book. And um, Michael, you mentioned you work with other writers who have questions or get stuck. And this is very common in our profession. So do you ever experience writer's block? And if so, what are your ways to overcome it?
0: So you've asked a a question near and dear to my heart uh, because... Unlike lots of other authors, I don't believe that there is such a thing as writer's block, and I'll explain why. When writers are crafting their masterpieces, they have to make choices, they have to decide what's going to happen at each stage of the story. Sometimes they get to a point where there's a couple of different choices, and they hesitate to make the choice and I understand why if they make a choice and then they write another five or ten thousand words and suddenly realize that the choice they made was a bad one they've got five or ten thousand words that they think they have to throw away and go back and rewrite so I understand the hesitancy but writing requires authors to make choices. And so instead of saying to other people, I have a choice to make and I'm unwilling to make it because of the consequences, they say, I'm blocked. I don't know what to write.
1: Yeah. I so,
0: so I advise uh, people uh, when they talk about writer's block, that they should have the courage to make a decision And maybe they have to think about the consequences of that decision down the road from the scene that they're working on and and what it might mean later on and then make an intelligent choice to proceed with their novel, but not to throw their hands up and say something is happening that's outside my control because it's completely within their control.
1: And sometimes people just procrastinate.
0: I, I will tell you that In the last couple of novels I've done, there have been points in the novel where I've hesitated and said, I have to make a choice. And so I made a list of if I make this choice, then what is that going to mean later on for my character, for other characters, for the plot? And once I had those lists, I made an informed choice and kept writing. Well, I am a, a planner, so I know the characters pretty deeply. I know the the place that they are living and working. I know the kinds of things that they're allowed to do. So on an alien planet, they have weird stuff, and on Earth, uh, they drive Toyotas. So I, I plan things out to the point where before I take the story out of my head, I could sit down with someone who was willing to allocate the time and I could tell them the entire story because I know it well enough. And so when I dump it out of my head, it's almost like transcribing something that I've already thought about deeply.
1: And you are such a family man. Do you have any words of wisdom to any?
0: new father out there so my daughter isn't the kid anymore but i think that the best thing you can do is make sure that your children know that they are loved and that they know that they have your respect that you have that style of relationship so that if they're going through a tough time you're the first person that they would think of coming to, uh, to be able to help them through the, the difficulty. And so ha- having that close relationship, I think, is a critical success factor in raising, raising children.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. And Michael, where can our listeners connect with you online?
0: So uh, there's a couple of different places. If they want to send me an email, and I love getting email, it would be author at gerfnit, G-E-R-F as in frank, dot com. If they'd like to look at my current catalog or, or later this month, the catalog that's enhanced by Forward and Back, they can go to www.gerfnit, will take them to my Amazon author page.
1: My dear listeners, let's get Michael's book and find out if he made any mistake. So Michael, thank you. Thank you so much for your time.
0: Well, thank you very much for coming to visit us in Illinois.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe our
0: kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota we are
1: far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us just this overall sense of community and of values that you know Minnesotans have it's a real accepting loving community especially with two young kids see why CNBC ranks Minnesota number 4 best state to live and work a great place to work and even better place to live exploreminnesota.com/live